the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Oh, well, good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. Live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Well, tonight we bring you part 12 in our series on the doctrine of the Trinity. This essential doctrine of the Christian faith is one of the most controversial teachings in the Bible. The doctrine of the Trinity has been misunderstood, maligned, attacked, denied. It's been eisegeted throughout history, going all the way back to the Arian heresy under Arius Alexander. Question, why is there so much biblical illiteracy when it comes to this doctrine, particularly in our churches? And what can we do to disciple people in this essential area Well, for the answer to this and much, much more, stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that challenging and uplifting uh, introduction uh, to this contending for the faith. Uh, We are not pretending, but we are contending for the faith. We are faithful to the Word of God, and discipling people and giving reasons and answers for the Christian faith. And uh, we want to encourage you tonight uh, to get your Bibles, uh, get your papers and your pens, and uh, get uh, to a table and take some notes tonight because you're entering into like a Bible uh, college and a seminary. And we want to equip you uh, by the word of God. So uh, I just want to say this by way of introduction, that next time I'm going to uh, go through the scriptures on the deity of Christ on a faster pace uh, next time so we can get to uh, the deity of the Holy Spirit. So uh, we've been spending a great deal of time uh, dealing with the heart of the Bible, who is Jesus Christ. And we will continue, uh, but we will want to eventually get to the deity of the Holy Spirit. We have talked to you thus far about the fact that there is one God, you know, throughout the pages of Scripture, the 66 books of the Bible. And uh, that one God is called Father. We have demonstrated that he is called Father. And now we are demonstrating that that one God is called the Son. Now, uh, tonight I want to quote from uh, my book uh, a little bit later on, on the essentials of the historic Christian faith by Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And so I want to quote something 
uh, related to the dual nature of Christ. The theologians have phrased this dual nature uh, as dual nature of Christ. Uh, that's uh, one thing that they have phrased the dual nature of Christ as. Uh, also, um, other theologians have said the God-man. Number two, the God-man. And others have used the term incarnation. Now, the word incarnation is not in the Bible, but the evidence is there. When we talk about the incarnation, we're talking about John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then verse 14, and the Word was made flesh and dwelled among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And uh, there is another word that very few people, and this would be the uh, fourth point here, uh, that theologians have used in uh, describing the dual nature of Christ. And uh, you'll want to write this down <clears throat> because some of you probably have never heard it before. Uh, the anthropos, the anthropos. Now, that word is spelled T-H-E-A-N-T-H-R-O-P-O-S. Uh, Theanthropos, T-H-E-A-N-T-H-R-O-P-O-S, Theanthropos. Now, what does that mean? That means the God-man in Koine Greek. Koine is spelled K-O-I-N-E, and that was the Greek language that Jesus spoke in that day, and the people spoke Koine Greek. Theanthropos, can you say it? Theanthropos refers to the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Uh, the hypostatic union is a technical term in Christian theology used in mainstream Christology to describe the union of Christ's uh, divinity and humanity in one individual existence. Now, that's an important word for you to know, the anthropos, and Never forget it because you want to know that word. Now, let me get into my book uh, called The Essentials of the Historic Christian Faith by Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. You'll want to get this book. It's a small, user-friendly book that you will be blessed by. Uh, and I want to encourage you to connect with us and we can work it out where you can get the book called The Essentials of the Historic Christian Faith by Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I want to quote to you from my book on pages eight and nine of the book. Now, when I break this down to you, you will get a deeper understanding of the uh, theanthropos, the uh, dual nature of Christ as one person uh, called uh, the God and man. Now, this is in the section on page eight uh, called the doctrine of the deity of Christ. Now, let me just read pages eight and nine to you. The doctrine of the deity of Christ signifies that Jesus Christ is unique deity. Jesus Christ was God incarnate, making himself fully human and yet fully God. The I am statements of Christ are mentioned 23 times in the Gospel of John. 
Uh, the Greek is egoimi, E-G-O-E-I-M-I. We see this egoimi in John 8 and 24. I say therefore unto you that you will die in your sins. If you believe not that I am he, you will die in your sins. In the Greek, it doesn't have the word he, it just has I am in the original Greek. Also, in John 8 and 58, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, which is truly, truly, I say unto you, before Abraham was, egoimi, I am. And this is a, Jesus quoted from Exodus 3 and 14, uh, and God said unto Moses in Exodus 3 and 14, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shall I say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. So this demonstrates that Jesus is God. Now, listen carefully now. Listen carefully to what I'm going to be also reading to you from my book. If Jesus is not God, then there are then there can be no true salvation. Now, let me say that again. If Jesus is not God, then there can be no true salvation. It is important for us as mature believers to accept his deity. As new believers, you may not understand his deity, but as you continue to grow in the word of God, you will accept the deity of Christ. He is one person with two natures. Jesus is fully human, 100%, and fully divine, 100%. Uh, without those two natures working together, and notice this, what I'm saying in the book, without those two natures working together, his death on the cross is useless and meaningless, and our salvation would be insufficient and incomplete. Why is this so important? Now listen to this carefully. <clears throat> Why is this so important? As man... Christ was our representative on earth as the second Adam. We, we learn about this in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 45. Who did what the first Adam failed to do in the Garden of Eden. Now that's talking about him as man. As holy God, without sin, his death on the cross was complete and sufficient for the sins of the whole world. Only the God-man could complete God's true plan for salvation. In his incarnation, he laid aside the right, the prerogative to act always as God, but never cease being God. So what he laid aside in his incarnation, he took up in his resurrection, and that's why he said, all power has been given to me. He never said that until he got to the resurrection. So, now, every cult shares one thing in common. Make a note of that. Every cult shares one thing in common. They all deny that Jesus Christ is God in human form and the only Savior of the world. There's not one cult that will not fail that test. If you deny the incarnation of Christ, then you deny the nature, plan, purpose, of God for salvation. Let me say that one more time. If you deny the incarnation of Christ, 
then you deny the nature, plan, purpose of God for salvation. So this goes back to uh, what I said earlier. As man, Christ was our representative on earth as the second Adam, who did what the first Adam failed to do. So it took a perfect man to do that. Now, it also took a perfect God without sin, uh, with his death on the cross, to complete the plan of salvation. Now, these two natures is critical. How many times have you been discipled on understanding it from that perspective? Now, I'm going to say this in closing. If you have denied, if you listen to this program tonight, and you have denied the nature, essence, and being of Christ, if you have denied his perfect humanity and his perfect divinity, I'm going to call upon you right now to say this prayer with me. Dear Lord, right now I come before you and I don't understand who you fully are, but I confess my sins in denying your perfect humanity and I confess my sins, denying your perfect divinity. Lord, forgive me of my sins, even if I have ignored your word. If I'm not in your word, if I'm not into prayer, I'm not into the armor of God daily, I ask you to forgive me and come into my life as Savior and Lord. Be king of my life, because if I don't allow you to be king of my life, I forfeit myself from being in your kingdom. King is ruler. We need to get to that place where we allow Jesus to be king in our life. If he's not, then you have no salvation. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches about the divinity and the humanity of Christ. Brother Gary. Well, all right, it is time for us to take a commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, an expert on the cult, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's 1-888-367-5329. So if you have questions, if you have comments, if you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. We always say prayer should be your first response, not your last resort. So you know, take this opportunity if you're being troubled by something and, and you need God to intervene in your life. You, if if you need to pray the prayer of salvation, maybe now's the time for you to get saved. And uh, you're just not sure how to say that prayer. We'll pray with you. We just want to encourage you. Take advantage of this opportunity. Give us a call. That number again is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. And speaking of prayer. I want to thank all of you who have been so faithful in listening to Contending for the Faith these many, many years and so faithful in praying for this ministry. We know that without your prayers, there's no way we'd be on the air as long as we have been. And so it's it's such a delight to, to be able to minister every week. 
over these airways, but we know it wouldn't be possible without your, your diligent and consistent prayers. We also want to thank those of you who have been uh, generously giving to this ministry. It is a listener-supported ministry, and without your support, we wouldn't be able to pay the bills. And right now, we still owe $42 from last week, and we owe 400 this week, so we got a grand total of $442, and we need your help with to uh, retire that debt. It costs us 400 a week to remain on the air, and it's expensive to do this broadcast, but Dr. Buckner and I, we don't take salaries. We don't, all the funds go right back into paying the, the radio bill. So we need your help taking care of this debt. There's two ways that you can give, two ways you can donate. First is to send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith. Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Now, the second way is so much, so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the donate button, and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. Uh, We can't thank you enough for your prayers, and we can't thank you enough for your consistent giving to keep this ministry moving forward so that we can continue to do what God has called us to do. And every, every week I always say, you know, your letters and cards are an encouragement to us. So please drop us a note. Well, someone did drop us a note. I think Dr. Buck is going to read it for us tonight. Yes. Thank you, brother Gary. I appreciate that. Uh, We we have a faithful person that always uh, gives on a faithful uh, level, Sandra and, uh, she uh, always sends us a nice note of encouragement and how much she's getting blessed by the program. And she says, uh, Dear Dr. Buckner, thank you for your series on the Trinity. Now when I read the Bible scriptures on the Trinity, it jumps out at me and I never noticed them before. In addition to showing us how to contend for the faith, you're also teaching us how to read the Bible. Thank you so much. I am 73 and still learning. It is very exciting. God bless you, Gary, Vince, plus all of the callers that are part of this wonderful family of believers. Uh, Sandy. Isn't that wonderful, Brother Gary? Oh, yeah. And it's so encouraging to us when we get uh, these notes like that, along with uh, these uh, donations. Uh, it just is a double blessing. So we want to encourage people, as Brother Gary said, uh, to uh, pray for us, but also support us and drop us a note every now and then and let us know how the program is blessing. We appreciate that uh, very much. So we we thank the Lord for that. Did you want to say anything on that uh, note as well, Gary? Well, it's just always touching and it's nice to know uh, that people are hearing you. You know, we never know who's listening, and oftentimes the program is uh, touching people um, in New York City. You know, we have every now and then somebody calls and they like, "How in the world are you?" Well, they listen to us online, and so it's just amazing. We won't know on this side of heaven how many people are being touched by this broadcast, but we know God is working. Uh, so we we thank all of you who are consistently praying consistently giving and those who are taking the time to to just 
reach out to us with a note of encouragement because, you know, one of the most important things any person involved in ministry will tell you, you have to stay encouraged. You want to stay encouraged to keep going forward. And so it's, it's such a, it's such a blessing. Amen, brother. Amen. Thank you for that, brother Gary. And I guess we should get to our callers. Yes, it is a phone in talk show. I guess we should do some talking as they do the phoning, right? Amen. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's, let's uh, talk to Larry. I think this one may be his, this may be his first time calling. Hello, Larry. How you doing? Uh, well, I'm sick. I'm actually in the nurse, nursing home. So, uh, forgive me the, uh, wildness of my environment. Uh, nursing well, homes are very, very, uh, wild places. Well, we will be sure know. to pray for you before we let you go. And yes, anything, anything on your heart that you need us to pray for, uh, we will be sure to do that, my friend. Well, I covet the prayers very much for, uh, the folks in the home here, uh, uh, virtually everyone here is, uh, at some point got the virus. Uh, I had it about a month, what was it? About two months ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I came through it quite well. I mean, the first, first couple of days were kind of stressful, but, uh, I felt good very, very soon. And, uh, but, uh, many, many folks here have, gone to the hospital and not come back and a few have been taken uh, so because of your prayers very much especially for the staff and the families who've been cut off and their loved ones and the staff who work so hard sometimes this whole facility of 100 people maybe only there might only be what four nurses staff in the whole place at night so, uh, yeah, please pray for uh, But I just yeah. wanted to talk about a few things. What I wanted to talk about was, uh, okay, about the Trinity. I think you did it about as uh, well as a human could do of explaining the Trinity. Of course, we don't. Thir- we know it's true. We don't thoroughly uh, uh, apprehend it, but we, we know it's true. Yeah, well, we, we, can't, we can't. We can't. We can't totally, apprehend it. Can't totally we can't apprehend. But we apprehend. It's true. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, we can. We can apprehend some things, but we can't comprehend. The word "comprehend" is uh, where it says in Isaiah fifty-five, "The heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts higher than yours." So there are some things that we can apprehend, but we can never comprehend. That's uh, the reality. But uh, did you you wanted to give some feedback, or you wanted to have a question? Yeah, I think what I wanted to say about the Trinity is that, um, you know, there's so many uh, very talented apologists that do a really good job of of proving the Trinity out of Scripture. But what I'm, what I, I think I very rarely hear is the meaning of the Trinity. The Trinity is often used as a gotcha, and often I think with sort of a kind of a mean spirit that uh, you can kind of toss the Mormons and the JWs out the back door because they're uh, they think they're Christians but because their concept they because they're not Trinitarian you can uh, kind of uh, throw them out I think the Mormons actually think they, they, they have their own version of the Trinity 
Okay, mm-hmm. not, not disagreeing with you about that. But I think what's important to realize is the Trinity is not just a, a gotcha. It has a meaning. And the meaning is, of course, that God is all about relationship. God was uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit uh, for all, all eternity and will continue to be for all eternity. And that's the whole reason for the creation of the angels. That's the reason for the creation of the earth and for human beings. And our whole meaning of life is our relationship with with Christ, the mirror, and the, with God. The, they mirror each other, the, uh, the relationship between the parts of the Trinity and the relationship of us with with the uh, Holy God. So that's that's all I wanted to say about that. You know what? You uh, know what? You, uh, you are, yeah, you are, uh, Larry. You are right on target with that, and that is a tremendous point that you're bringing out. Uh, and I have emphasized that in my ministry that it's all the biggest thing that we can experience with the Trinity is a relationship. Uh, it's not religion that saves us. Uh, it's not even churchianity that saves us, but in, in tradition and rituals, it is a relationship with uh, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So your point is uh, well taken, and thank you for that. It's a great point, and we all need to be reminded of that. So we appreciate your call. We almost had a commercial. Uh, let, let's uh, hear your prayer request so we can uh, pray for you before we get to a commercial. Well, I, already, I already gave it. By the way, I wanted to uh, throw a shout-out uh, to my Catholic friend, Craig, yes. who I'm very happy is still listening to the show. And I used to uh, have very many uh, religious debates with him back in the day, and he's probably one of the reasons I'm a Christian now. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you remember Craig, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Craig, if him. you're out there... I'm still alive, and I'd like to contact you again. Hey, hey, well, it's so good to hear back from you again, and uh, don't take so long to get back in contact with us. Well, you've laid out your prayer request, and I didn't know if you had an additional one, but let's uh, pray Let's pray for you right now. We have Brother Gary uh, Bell to pray for you right now, my brother. Mm. You know, I just want to add also, you bring out a good point that we have to be very careful as believers, you know, we have the truth. We know doctrinal truth, but if if we don't show love in that process, it's all useless. Amen. You, it, like you mentioned, throwing things out, throwing people out, you know, or discarding folks. That's not the. That's not what Jesus wants. He doesn't want yeah. any to perish. And so we have to. As we've been blessed to have the truth, but we have to share that truth always in love. So I, I commend you on 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 that that point as well. Amen. So let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for Brother Larry. We we pray for the facility that he's in right now with, with such limited staff. And there's so many families have been impacted by this COVID virus. And we pray for those families. We pray for those families that are unable in the moment right now to visit their loved ones. We pray, Lord God, that the, those walls would come down and that folks would be well and stay well. We pray for those who have contracted this virus and have had to go to the hospital. We pray for their recovery. And we pray for uh, the loved ones of those that uh, may have lost 
family members as well, Lord God. We pray for Larry that you would keep him in good health and keep him in, in proper spirits and that you, Lord God, would just uh, touch his body from the crown of his head to the bottom of his soul and bring healing, life, restoration, and wholeness. We thank you. We praise you. We thank you for his call tonight and continue to bless him with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Larry, thank you so much for your call and your important uh, point as well. God bless you, brother. Keep in contact with you, and uh, we'll keep you in our prayers. All right. Well, it's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, we'd like to thank all of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith. Please continue to pray for Contending for the Faith. We know the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much, and so we need those prayers to keep going heavenward for this ministry. Also, we need your help uh, to partner with us financially. This is a listener-supported ministry, and we need your support. Particularly right now, we have a a debt of about $442 that needs to be retired. Um, It cost us $400 a week to remain on the air, and we had left over $42 from last week, and we've got $400 for this week. So we don't want that stuff to start piling up on us. We need your help to retire these these debts here. And so there's two ways you can donate. Uh, Send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. As I said earlier, the second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org contendingfaith.org and click on the donate button. You will be a blessing for time and eternity. It's that simple. Well, Dr. Buckner, you're ready to go back to the phone calls. Let's do that, Brother Gary. I'm looking forward right. to believe we, well, believe we've got Brother Rick holding patiently. Brother Rick, how are you doing this evening? I am blessed. And oh, I, got through, I got through today in one piece. I got Amen. the first phase of my uh, COVID shot. And I, I have praise reports this week on my health, and I learned not to take it all for granted because things can change. Yes, my, my prayers are definitely with Larry, uh, who just called, who just called you. Yes, and I'm, I'm, I was very blessed that he shared. And I, I love to take time piggybacking off what he said, but I'm going to ask, uh, I'm going to ask a question tonight that uh, may, may relate to uh, what you've been sharing in your, um, in your talk about the Trinity. Okay. We know that in the Old Testament that uh, people who, were, who suffered leprosy and were considered mm-hmm. leprous, we were not supposed to touch them, and they're, they're supposed to be uh, isolated from us. But we see in the New Testament that Jesus touched the leopard. Mm-hmm. And uh, the New Testament changed things on that. What what created that change? Wow, what a good question, Rick. Uh, because uh, 
that some changes came about, especially with uh, Jesus himself. And some people try to argue uh, this is an alleged discrepancy uh, with uh, not being able to touch a leopard in the Old Testament, and yet in the New Testament, Jesus touched them. Um, let me just kind of give you a little bit of history uh, on uh, leprosy. Uh, the Bible, the word leprosy is mentioned uh, at least about 40 times, depending on the Bible uh, version that you use. Uh, the main reason why leprosy is talked about so much in the Bible is that it is a graphic illustration of sin's destructive power. Uh, and, um, and we know from reading the Bible in the Old Testament that anyone suspected of having this disease had to go to, now this is an important point, and, and I will answer this in relationship to this. Uh, anyone suspected of having this disease had to go to a priest, uh, make note of the word priest for examination, and you find this in Leviticus 13, 2 through uh, 3, uh, a leprous person who has the disease uh, shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose, and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean. Uh, and this uh, uh, dwelling was outside the camp uh, that we learn about in Leviticus 13, 45 through 46. Uh, the leopard uh, was considered um, uh, totally uh, unclean, and not only unclean physically, but spiritually. And many had uh, believed that uh, God had inflicted uh, the curse of leprosy upon the people for their sins that they had committed. Um, uh, you know, you might want to look at uh, Numbers 5 and 2. Among the uh, 61 defilements, now this is an important point. I'm just kind of going to give you a little bit of information more on this before I get to the main answer. Among 61 defilements of ancient Jewish laws, uh, and that's a high number of 61 defilements of ancient Jewish laws, leprosy was the second only to a dead body. Um, and uh, a leopard wasn't allowed to, now this is interesting, a leopard was not allowed within uh, six feet of any human. Now, this sounds familiar, doesn't it, with the COVID? <laughs> we always talk about six feet, you know, distance. And yet they were doing that with the, the leopards, and including his family. Uh, the, the, the disease was revolting that the leper wasn't permitted to come within 150 feet of anyone when the wind was blowing. They could not come within 150 feet of anyone when the wind was blowing. Uh, and, uh, and so leprosy was looked at like a type of sin, and it separated the people uh, from uh, God, and it separated them from the people. And so, uh, and the Bible uh, is uh, talk about our sins separate us from uh, God and one another, and Jesus came to bring us 
you know, a, a relationship uh, with him. And, uh, <clears throat> and yet it says in first John one and nine, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to cleanse us. <clears throat> Notice the word cleanse us from all sin of un unrighteousness. Now, this is the point that I want to uh, answer in relationship to what you ask. Uh, you know, a leopard was not allowed uh, for anyone to be around or touch. The only accessibility that they had in the Old Testament was uh, with the priests. And the priest was the one who uh, would say, you're cleansed and you can go back into the community of worship. Now, when it comes to the New Testament, the Bible records the story of a leopard who was first to be healed by Jesus in Matthew 8, 2 through 4. And uh, uh, the key lessons here is that uh, Jesus uh, was able to uh, heal people without becoming uh, corrupt by their sin uh, and their defilement because he was God and he had no sin in him. So he could do whatever he wanted to do. And even with the demoniac man, he was in the midst of him and, and made him whole. And he uh, touched people in the New Testament. Now, notice the parallel now. This is the, this is the key point. In the Old Testament, and I'm glad you to it seems like there may be the might be the last caller, so I can spend a lot more time with you. That the priest in the Old Testament was the one who helped them to examine them, helped them to get back into the the leave the camp, come back in the community. Where Jesus is our our great high priest in the New Testament. So what the Old Testament priest did, Jesus was a priest, the great high priest who did it on a greater level. So there's no contradiction uh, because the priests in the Old Testament were the ones that dealt with the leprous. And Jesus in the New Testament is our great high priest. So he's going to continue to do that. And so he could touch them. Uh, even the Old Testament uh, priests could not touch them because they would have got the contagious uh, disease because they were only human. But Jesus, glory, hallelujah, this makes me want to preach. But Jesus was able to touch the unclean people because he's God. There's nothing that whatever he touched, he made it whole because he was God. This fits right into the teaching tonight, as you were saying, God incarnate in the flesh so he could touch make people whole. And the, and the priests of the Old Testament couldn't do that. That's why it talks about in the book of Hebrews that he is the superior one. The superior one of, over what? The superior God over all. That means going back. Now, this ties into this Jesus being able to touch, and the Old Testament priests couldn't. This ties into the fact that he's the, the book of Hebrews says he's superior of the prophets, over the priests, over the priesthood of the Old Testament, over the tabernacle, over the angels, uh, over everything, because he was God. So uh, so the, the principle of all this, that a holy, pure God, we, are, we cannot come in his presence, just like the lepers. This has a lot of biblical truth. 
We cannot come in this. We cannot come in this presence even today, in the midst of a holy God, unless we confess our sins and repent. Then we're able to uh, come to the priest and be made whole. Oh, this is great truth. Hopefully, this has given some insight into your question, and uh, like to get some feedback on uh, what you just heard me say. Yeah, what we really had was, uh, I mean, what you mentioned about the priest is very parallel to the Jewish Day of Atonement, mm-hmm. because the priest, the priest had had to go before God, and then all the people went before the priest to have their sins forgiven, and it was done on a yearly basis, but it was never done on a permanent basis. Mm-hmm. This is what the uh, Jewish law, the Jewish law, did not completely forgive people of their sins. And the, le- the leper was very much stuck with that, too, unless the priest was able to examine them. Mm-hmm. Even though the, the, pri- the, priest was ne- the priest was never perfect in the first place, even though he had a, ro- he had a role, but it was only temporary. Mm-hmm. So it, it, brings, it brings back those memories with me. And uh, we realized that uh, compared, to, compared to what Christ can do, the old Jewish law could not do. So actually what, what we had was a, a, a constant state of hopelessness. We were, caught, we were caught in a salvation by works, which we can never get out of. Only Jesus could get us out of it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I get from it. And let me, you know, I might add that Jesus is able to touch us at our point of need. He was able to touch the leper at his point of need. He's able to touch us at our point of need, at our point of needing to be healed and cleansed, whatever we need to be healed and cleansed of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. He can yeah. touch under the, us under the old without... Jewish law. It was impossible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So it's a, some great lessons out of all this. Thank you for sharing that, Gary, as well. Mm-hmm. There's some great lessons uh, to learn from this. But the key thing, Rick, is that uh, that this is a it was a priestly thing. And uh, why did Jesus come and minister to them? Well, because he was a priest, he had three offices, prophet, priest, and king. So he continued that priesthood work and yet was able to do what the Old Testament priest could not do because he was God incarnate in the flesh. And uh, so you want to say something. We're going to pray for you as well. You want to say something uh, also uh, regarding Larry. Uh, And I don't know if you remember Larry. You used to be our phone counselor, but he said, he used to give us uh, me a hard time, and I know there were times when I had to cut him off, but you might remember that, and yet it looks like it's been a transformation in his life, and he's in church. Uh, do you, re- you remember, Larry? I, I mean, I, I have vague memories of him, but now, now it's, a lot of it's coming back, but mm-hmm. I, see, I see some growth in him. Absolutely. And he, he, yeah. he's growing. He's asking Gross. questions, but he's getting, he's starting to get, he's starting to get things uh, answered. And I think, I think one of the struggles that also takes place too in all of us 
is we want to understand everything. And the harder we try to understand everything, the more frustrated we become. Mm -hmm. And it's no accident that God says to us, trust in him with all our heart and lean not under our own understanding. Mm -hmm. Because we will never understand everything. And we try too hard to understand everything, and we demand to understand everything. And that gets us into trouble. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that's, why, that's why we say we can't, we can't comprehend, but we can apprehend. Mm-hmm. And that requires patience. Yes, it does. Uh, what's your uh, prayer request so we can pray for you? And uh, I have- like, uh, just continue to pray for my health, my family's salvation. Pray for my mother, especially today. She, it was a, it's, been, it's been a tough week for my mother, and uh, keep keep her keep her in prayer. I spoke I spoke to I spoke to my I spoke to my uh, stepdad Ed, and he said it was a tough week. And uh, also, I just have some praise reports as well. I have a six point seven A A one C, which I was totally surprised at. So diabetes uh, treatment is going well, and I just want to keep that momentum up in the mm-hmm. Lord. Amen. I, give, I, I just give praise to the Lord for that. Yeah, congratulations. And also I got my uh, first COVID uh, shot today. So I have three more mm-hmm. weeks, I get my second. So things are, moving, things are moving in the right direction, but I don't want to get complacent. Amen. Keep me in prayer around for, that. Thanks for the update and sharing that. And uh, before Gary prays, uh, we want to also remember uh, Leon Spink, Spink's, uh, Spink's uh, family. Uh, he passed today, 67, prostate cancer. Uh, you know, he was a uh, boxer, professional boxer, his brother too, Michael Spinks. So uh, let's keep uh, that family in prayer. We're going to turn it over to Brother Gary. We got about two minutes, and so we're going to turn it over to Gary to lift these prayer requests up. <clears throat> All right. Oh, Lord, we just thank you for Brother Rick, and we thank you for his praise reports today and uh, doing well with his diabetes, and he doesn't want to be complacent, and uh, we just appreciate his spirit, and we pray, Lord God, that you continue to keep him in good health, continue to bless him from the crown of his head to the bottom of his soul, that you would just continue to keep him strong, keep him healthy, and keep him encouraged as well, Lord God, we pray for his mother, for her salvation and her health as well. And Lord God, we just thank you for all that you're doing in Rick's life. Continue to bless him and encourage him in Jesus' name. All right. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast. We'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. As you heard earlier, you know, we like to receive your letters and cards because they are an encouragement to us. So please drop us a note. Let us know how the program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner. Always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you.